This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Plush Care, the quality online doctor and telehealth medical provider, providing care for primary, urgent care, mental health, and therapy wherever you are, and wishing you a happy new year and offering some advice on what to do and what not to do in 2024. It's Plush Care. I'm a baritone. And I'm a tenor. <laughs> and this is Choir Buddies. Ah, my old acquaintance. <laughs> Happy, uh, welcome, you know, actually, actually, Matt, no, forget it. Head down, we're moving forward, blinders on. I don't yep. want to think about it. I don't have time. No. Matt, uh, we celebrated Christmas in a in a rollicking way last week, <laughs> did we not? With we our did. and how. Our takedown of, of the little drummer boy and our deep assessment of the snare drum as as an important instrument throughout music history. And, you know, two podcasters, two buddies, Matt, we could have left it right there, right? We could have said, all right, we did our Christmas content. Mm-hmm. On to the next thing. But uh, I think technically we are still in the 12 days of Christmas. That's right. We have a little bit, we have kind of a, a postscript, I guess, to all the Christmas talk. I know you've probably taken down your decorations. But uh, steal yourself for another holiday episode of Ear Buddies. Pentatonics is a very hard group to ignore come December. And how? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Oh, Matt. Heavenly. Heaven, don't you just get chills down your spine when you hear those doom, 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 when you hear those, those human voices mimicking real instruments to a, with aplomb? Oh, there's, Tim, there's nothing like a human voice. Let me be one of millions to say. Get that out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And I okay, Matt. This is that's honestly exactly where we must start because we say that jokingly, right? That there's nothing quite like a human voice. But Matt, that's true. That's true. That's I agree. I know you agree. I agree. We love interesting voices and and the the versatility of of the voice. I mean, it's the it's the original musical instrument not only are we inspired by the voice itself matt just as sort of a a mechanism but vocal harmony we've talked about this it's oh we love it we love it so much so should guys like us not be absolute uh, pentaholics we should be pentaholics should we not <laughs> we it, all signs point to yes. Yeah, right. And and yet, 
And yet, for about 10 years, I have been sort of like repulsed by this group. <laughs> yeah, off the wagon. <laughs> or on. I don't know which. I, right. So often, Matt, they go low and we go high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here's one where I think to start the new year, you and I, we got to go low. I'm we have afraid. to meet them where they are, I think. <laughs> Everybody knows by now that, Tim, you're right, we do tend to go high. Yeah. Uh, sure. like, a, like a tenor. But, <laughs> and, and so in, this episode is not simply us indulging our, um, I'm not going to say hatred, but our hesitation. Yeah. About the, the pentatonics uh, lifestyle. Uh, we have stuff to say. It is mm-hmm. good, thoughtful criticism. And I'm sure we're going to learn a few things along the way, as usual. Yeah. It, it's another one of these sort of figuring it out on mic episodes. We do this from time to time. Yes. You know, I, I know where we're both starting from here, Matt, but it's good to articulate uh, why we feel the way we do. Yes. And. And to clarify our our strong feelings about this group. So, kick us off, Matt. For those at home who don't know that much about Pentatonix, maybe they've seen a viral video here or there on YouTube over the years, or they hear them at the mall at Christmas time. Who, who are these people? Tim, I'm going to say that uh, Pentatonix is the most famous a cappella group around right mm. now. Mm-hmm. There's... I, what five of them? Right? Yeah. Well, that's that's the yeah that's the joke. I think. <laughs> oh, I did know that at some point, but now <laughs> I am. Thank you. This is what I meant about learning. This is great. Yeah, exactly. I get it. I get it. Latin roots. Yeah. That's where. That's where we're starting. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> so they have been. Um, I mean, they've been around for a bit, but their yeah. big their big break came with. That show, everybody knows it, everybody loves it, The Sing-Off. We are Pentatonics from Arlington, Texas. Who could forget The Sing-Off? 2011, uh, mm-hmm. whatever season that was, yeah. the, the five Pentatonics yes. got up on that stage, and Tim, they did a performance of E.T. by Katy Perry. Ah. Will the new additions to the group propel them into the spotlight? Performing E.T. by Katy Perry, here's Pentatonix. (laughs) 2011, Matt, that was essentially uh, the high-water mark, right, for Glee. Mm. You know, we had the Pitch Perfect films Mm. coming around this time. Mm -hmm. Acapella music. Um, this was the know, time to get in if you were going to get in. Props to Pentatonix for recognizing their moment and and running with it. So okay, so they win the sing off. Is that what happens, Matt? Is that yes, yes, mm-hmm. it is. And I suppose they get a record deal of some kind after. Yes, and we continue to marvel at their incredible voices. Um, but not to take the baton from you here, Matt. No, uh, please. But Handing off. It seems to me that maybe like the most important flashpoint for these guys was, well, that the 2011, it's also like a, a really weirdly formative, important period for 
social media, and YouTube. Mm, yes, it sure is. My maximum exposure to Pentatonix came on, like, probably Facebook or something, or YouTube, where they would be all five of them standing right there, singing their, their little medleys, and dazzling me with their voices. Now and then I think of when we were together Like when you said you felt so happy you could die And I cringed. Hmm. That's an interesting word that you use, Tim. Because mm-hmm. I think it's hard to talk about pentatomics without running into that word. At least if you're us. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to talk about, like, acapella music. Yes, you know what? Go ahead. So, I am predisposed to liking this stuff because I was in, like, jazz choir in high school. And I love, you know, tight harmonies, and I'm a sucker for this sort of show choir over-performative thing. And Pentatonix is really good at that. And maybe they're, they're too good at that. They they take a uh, a genre of music, acapella, right? Choral music, which has its own sort of cringe baggage for the layman, certainly. And they, you know, they infuse it with pop songs and the production. Matt, we'll have to talk more about. Yes, we'll get there. But trust me. It sounds shinier. Um, it, you know, it sparkles way more than most uh, uh, acapella choral music would. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like music from the show Glee. They put their little pentatonics twist on the whole thing, and it it almost goes like from cringe to maybe this is cool to a totally different like realm of cringe. Yeah, it's for like me. horseshoe theory for. Music, it <laughs> totally. Yeah, I I agree that mm-hmm. acapella itself is not like a cool thing. Um, yeah, doesn't mean it can't be a great thing, but it's not what you do if you're trying to go to frat parties. Totally. Uh, yeah. And it seems I'm not entirely sure of Pentatonix's goal, other than you know, making music and reaching people and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they were trying uh, and have been trying to make acapella like cool and pop yes. and whatever. And in so doing, mm-hmm. have made something far worse. Everything they do, they are playing to the back row. Mm, yes. The facial expressions. And it's just, it's all, it's all so much. It's like maximalist acapella. Oh, um, it absolutely is. There's just no subtlety to what they do. It's like they're trying to prove with every every note that what they're doing is cool and interesting. Like they can't just stand behind the music, I guess. Like stand on this, you know, trust the strength of the art you're creating. They have to kind of take it this next step, this like YouTuber step of... You know, making that, like, jaw-hanging open face. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. I think as we've... We haven't even talked about the tunes. Well, listen, I was just about to say, that's 
it's it's music and culture, isn't it? It's all well, about the tunes, but there's a lot of a lot of other stuff surrounding. Matt, it. we meet at the intersection of music, culture, jokes, and politics. It's Once what we do. Again, I mean, it, it always comes back to the tunes because yes. you're right. They they do not seem to have a lot of. Um, I'll just say a few words. Uh, confidence mm. in their artistic. Uh, like choices or integrity or whatever mm-hmm. um it very much seems like they're selling it with every single note that's absolutely true and a large i mean part of that just briefly is because they're doing covers well that's true uh and they're often doing christmas covers yeah. so matt speak on this a little bit right they've become heavily associated with christmas kind of past their their YouTube darling era. Yes. Well, this I I was they have a they did a cover of the best song in the world, God Only Knows. And the top comment on it to yep. this day uh is I swear they can turn anything into a Christmas song. <laughs> now that is telling. That's interesting to think about, isn't it? Uh, because in this, uh, in their track, in God Only Knows, yeah, there's no real Christmas element to it. The original had sleigh bells. Theirs doesn't even have sleigh bells. It's just their voices, as always. But the video is them walking around in pea coats and, uh, getting snow in their hair and hugging each other. I mean, they, okay. they, right, so, that being said... The reason, like, it it doesn't sound like Christmas music, right? Like, mm. what it sounds like is uh, shiny, slick, sort of soulless music. And I think that with, you know, with their Christmas covers, of which they have done a decent number... Oh, uh, yeah. Like, that is now what people associate them with. And so when they sing anything, it sounds like Christmas. They're carolers. Yes. You know? Well, that's... you. People... Well, my acclaimed episode about the Carpenters, people yes. people associate the Carpenters with Christmas as well. Yes. Right? It's like... Yes. And even like George Michael, right? Wham. Yeah, right. Why? Sure. Why? And it's because that's where they're hearing them. They're pigeonholed in, into this stuff whether they like it or not and all you can really do is hope that they like it i guess i do hope that because i don't hate them as people probably (laughs) but but look tim look like i've been getting to this point in a roundabout way for 15 minutes now Mm -hmm. but i think that all the stuff that they're doing and what they're known for and everything else it stems from how they're doing these tunes. Because all of that, all of that that we've been discussing uh, could be said to be the culture, right? The, and, mm. and that is deeply important. But what I want to do or try to do is yeah. give pentato- pentaholics a, a reason to um, pause and non and teetotalers a <laughs> uh, some validation because I 
Tim, I don't know uh, how much how much reading you did for uh-huh. this, but I did quite a bit, and mm. I found a fabulous article uh, from 2016. Okay. Uh, and this website, wonderful website, Sound on Sound, I go there often, mm-hmm. is interviewing a gentleman by the name of Ed Boyer, and he is or at least was at the time, and I think still is in some capacity, the mixing engineer for Pentatonix. And Uh. so I stumbled across this and I said, boy, howdy, this is just what I've been looking for because I don't know about you, Tim, but I have seen for years so many defenses of Pentatonix saying things like, they don't use auto-tune. It's all their real voices. Uh-huh. And... I Yeah, I have run into this. Right. Concerning. Uh, because <laughs> have you heard Pentatonix? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. That is not just how they sound. Even hearing that live clip of them singing E.T., it's so different from what we get out of these recordings and from what they put out on YouTube because it's post-produced. Yep. Right? They they have the time to go in and uh, put some polish on this stuff. And polish they do. I'm glad we're finally here, Matt, because I the culture is interesting, and you know the the frame through which we view acapella music is is interesting. Yes, and important. It is, but these tunes and the way they're created, and I feel like the philosophy of this group mm. uh, that comes through in their recordings. This is why I had to. Um, cask of amontillado them from my brain a little bit i couldn't think about it anymore because it's it's tough it's upsetting to me so let's let's get into this yeah so so yeah i I also looked at uh, a bunch of live videos because i was very much looking for live videos and they are uh i guess have been so averse to doing that in, like really live that all of the ones that are labeled live are also just produced after the fact they're, yeah they're studio recordings yes just just bringing that up because because here's my my number one gripe and I'm going to start here and I'm going to then continue and talk about Ed Boyer and his his interview and the secrets behind the pentatonics sound okay oh boy yeah um they have said in interviews many times enough for the pentahogs to be defending them on the internet that they don't use auto-tune and it's their real voices okay here's something fun uh-huh. we, we've talked about auto-tune before and how auto-tune is a product it's capital auto hyphen capital tune right uh, they don't use that but they sure, but do. But they use pitch correction. They do use pitch correction. They do use compression. They do use reverb. They do use uh, time correction and quantization. They use all the tricks and trades of the studio 
to make themselves sound like that. And that is fine. I mean, it I, is. That's a lot of real musicians use all those things. That's totally fine. 100%. 100%. But them saying that they don't use auto tune. It's like me saying I don't use Kleenex, but I use a different off-brand yeah, you, of right. tissue. Yeah, right. You use a facial tissue, exactly. Yes. I did not know that they were out and about saying this that they didn't use autotune well, because look, <laughs> of course that's pitch corrected there's and and not to say they're not very talented they musicians are, yes they very good. clearly are they sounded good in the sing-off yeah yeah they did right but nobody sounds that good on their own period especially a human voice which is let's say finicky instrument when it comes to like tuning uh it's hard to nail a vocal harmony, like in the way that they are so clearly uh, nailed to the wall mm-hmm. in all their recordings, mm-hmm. you just can't do that as as a human being. Ed says that he uses melodyne for pitch and rhythm, meaning he's both uh, pitch correcting and also moving the voices around so that they they are more together. Yeah, uh, and then he, you know, the the uh, famed beatbox part. He oh, the beatboxing. He puts that in as well and moves that around too. And um, you can, I mean, I'm not going to do it because I'm I don't want to go through the production. But I could make you a an EDM sounding track right now with just me beatboxing. Matt, what I've read is that what the beatboxer does in the studio is he essentially lays down individual samples of each sound. Did you? I didn't read that. My understanding is what he go, what he does is not like, you know, I'm not a beatboxer, but what he does is like makes a single isolated bass drum sound with his mouth and then a snare drum sound with his mouth and every little individual piece and then it gets stitched together in the studio like, like it's a software instrument, basically. That's... I could not surprising, no, right? No, not at all. Because I'm, I'm looking. There's, I mean, this this article goes into way more uh, detail than the army needs to know about. But you would not believe what he does to these beatboxes. Like he, he's blending like different ones together. He's adding like mm. these little. I mean, he's making it sound like a snare, which we've discussed, right? And yeah. the thing is, if you take any sound and line it up perfectly and EQ it and compress it correctly, you can make it sound like a great drum track, great drum mm. kit. And the way that this is all produced and the final product, it is so unreal. It's so like uncanny valley that that is my, I mean, it's one of my many problems with their whole deal it's it's probably my main one because yes, mine too there is no shame in using the tools of the studio to get the sound you want but it's almost like dare i say that they don't actually want to be an acapella group <sighs> matt 
it took the words right out of my mouth. It's it's they're making it, EDM it's like, cracks. It's like they resent the fact that they are five vocalists. Uh, and and maybe that's a that's that could be a harsh reading of it, I guess. Like maybe the actual frame that they would prefer we use is just that they are interested in the versatility that they are able to achieve with the help of studio techniques with just the human voice. But from where I'm sitting, Matt, as someone who has been in acapella groups, as someone who listens to acapella music, um, you know, in his spare time from time to time as well, uh, and I mean like like choral music, it's like it comes from a different planet. Uh, you know, these like actual choral recordings and what Pentatonix is doing with their stuff. Like you said, there's nothing wrong with being creative in the studio, with bolstering whatever you want to, or, or chopping and screwing whatever you want to, to achieve the result that you like. But I am just sort of struck by how inhuman a lot of the stuff is that they create. When... As we said at the very top, Matt, the human voice is—it's the most—it's the most raw, organic-sounding instrument there is. You know, it's what we create in our larynx is so far removed from what we hear on a pentatonics track. At yes. this point, it like I—I I sort of think at this point I'm like, why even? Like, I don't care if it's not your real voice now because it hasn't no. been the whole time. Put a guitar in there. I'd sure, like, <laughs> you know, at this point, what's the some of the some of the the quote unquote drum production, the beatbox production in some of their more recent tracks is so out there, impossible to do with with one person's voice uh, in a live setting. It's so heavily produced, and they put echoes, and they put these you know reverb tracks and like swelling effects and things like just that that do not exist in nature in in the voice uh that's like just play the drums then i don't know just play the drums exactly because what you're doing is not really like beatboxing traditionally no and you know and And beatboxing is is, it's impressive yes you know oh man actual beatboxing is very impressive it is look that's we're I'm, i'm i'm in it now Beatboxing is impressive. Acapella singing is impressive. These are talents. Mm-hmm. These are skills. A lot of people uh, are very good at them. And I wonder if they consider themselves an acapella group. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. they... and Acapella is not a genre. No. Not really. Like, because they can do all these different kinds of songs, whatever. But, right. like, Tim... You're a, you're a choir guy. I've heard on this pod. I'm a classically trained vocalist. Yeah. Yes. They, and you've honestly you got you turned me into a choir guy many years ago. Sure, dude. Showing me some recordings of a number of different uh, choirs and acapella mm-hmm. groups and whatever else. And like, it is so. I mean, that's something else. Like they, it's it's <laughs> heavenly.
But it can also be like raw and like guttural. There are acapella groups out there that are doing really interesting, like unpleasant um, things with their voices just to, to expand the frontier of the actual human yes, voice. Yes, that is also heavenly. It yeah. is, you know what I mean? Like, that is totally. human creation, and it rocks. And what, what it's just, this is upside down stuff with pentatonics, and I just, like, it's such, such a weird thing to, for them to even stand behind, in my opinion. Like, even their, their chords, their chord choices. Oh, Matt. Do you know where I'm going can with I, this? Can I go for the jugular here? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hit me. Okay. I would like to play you uh, a tune that went super viral for pentatonics, you know, in that YouTube heyday. Uh, it was all over the feeds. It's one of those things that now it shows up on your feed like, wow, remember this? Daft Punk by pentatonics. They're a little medley of Daft Punk tunes. Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge it, point it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, Okay, a lot of fun. <laughs> Gonna jump ahead to their uh, Get Lucky section. Like the legend of the phoenix, yeah, all ends with beginnings, And I want you to listen close to the chords they're hitting in the pre-chorus to Get Lucky. Okay, Matt, lab goggles on. Yes, because, please. Uh, let's now listen to the actual Daft Punk tune, Get Lucky. And let's jump to the pre-chorus, like we just heard Pentatonix sing. We come too far to give up who we are. So let's raise the bar and our cups to the stars. Ah, Matt, and our cups... To the stars, the harmony that Pharrell layers on top of himself on the word stars. Let's hear it one more time. To the stars. Mm. You hear that kind of that dissonance, that that grimy, that yes, that grimy seventh. Mm -hmm. um, let's jump one more time for comparison's sake to pentatonics. <laughs> they they take that high seventh and shift it up a note so that instead it forms a very clean, uh, unaffected major chord. Yep, octave, triad, easy. Yep, easy peasy. It sounds clean and pleasant. It has no life. And... That's one example of a zillion yes, that you could choose. Tim. In, because, again, they're just doing covers, Matt. And at every turn, oh, man. they make the most boring harmonic choice possible. Oh, buddy. It's perplexing because vocal harmonies, interesting, tight, 
sevenths and ninths and seconds and and you know these these mixtures of notes sound great to me anywhere you know i love hearing like a jazz piano play big chords yep. i love hearing a guitar do these things but in the human voice matt it is heavenly as you said tim this is it's it yes and they strip that at almost every turn yes. there are exceptions but for not, the most not part many. they hate interesting chords <laughs> It's, and I don't know why. That and that, you know what? That might be what I mean. Because I I don't I don't again have a problem with them as people, although it is very cringy and I don't love them staring at the camera like that all the time. Come on. Sure. Uh and <laughs> look anywhere else. And yeah. we understand <laughs> we're we're I'm gonna send you this article afterwards about the, yeah. how they how he produces it, because it is ridiculous and very in depth. And, but and, and that is what it is. Now that it's been uncovered, uh, we'll deal with it. But I knew about that for a long time. But I, there was still some itch that I, I was trying to scratch. The chords. Matt, let me just um, say that that's to me half of the problem. You talked about how, and you know, lab goggles stay on everybody because we're not quite <laughs> not quite out of the woods. Um, you talked about how in the studio their voices are compressed and loud, right? It's all it's all very loud and it's all very clean. There's no vibrato almost ever. Matt, again, the human voice, every single person's voice is imbued with some interesting mm. character when they speak or when they sing. Everybody <sighs> has interesting character. These five voices of pentatonics all sound like garage band choir samples buddy they sound like nothing they sound like robot human voices and it's no it's more uncanny obvious. valley it's Uncanny Valley, and Matt, they made a decision that I can't believe, actually, to release a cover of the song Jolene by Dolly Parton, and they asked Dolly to sing on it. Jolene, 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 I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Dolly Parton, Matt who has one of the most interesting singing voices ever put to tape. Invited to sing the melody on an acapella cover of her song Jolene that makes these five people sound even more like robots by contrast. You in his sleep. There's nothing I can do to keep from crying when he calls your name Jolene. To ask Dolly to go in and do her thing on a pentatonics track, uh, I've never seen quite an own goal, buddy, in music. Listen, that and is... it ex- and it exposes to me the other side of this that bugs me. Yes, to high heavens yes. with pentatonics. They keep digging. Sand they sandpaper all of the character out of their voices, so it's just like it's it's like listening to nothing it's like listening to five 
store mannequins singing choral music. It's nobody. It's nothing. Tim, you're exactly like this is. I mean, truly, they they sound like a just a sample library. Like yeah. I could I could play them on my keyboard right now if I plugged it through my MacBook. Like that is that is the harshest criticism. That is, I guess, fifty percent of the harshest criticism <laughs> that I have for them. That is, I, you're exactly right. I and I I hadn't put it uh, to words like that, but that's like you're listening. If you're listening to an artist, like Bob Dylan has a terrible voice, but he's got a great voice. Yes, you know? right. Yes, Dolly. Right. Dolly's a great, actually, a really good example there. Right. Yeah, and it sounds like she's being backed up by a clavinova. Yes, just on the on the choir with the setting. preset. Yes, it yeah. is. Th- that's not. They are turning themselves. Yeah, they have successfully turned themselves into just robots, into samples. They've descended too far into the valley, and they can't get out. And I will also conclude my my fifty percent of this in the lab by saying. Mm. I'm very glad you brought up both of those things because that's the kind of that's the kind of buddy I need. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you 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 have a feeling about pentatonics, but you're not you're not sure if there's something mm-hmm. wrong with you or if there's something wrong with totally. pentatonics. But that is it because as I have been thinking about it in these last several minutes, one of the most beautiful things about acapella groups yep. is that. Uh, they can yeah they use their voices to yes. to do these ah, man these chords i know that i i've said i've gone on record saying i think about harmony and rhythm and melody and whatever but yep. that's all true but mostly i'm thinking about chords because mm-hmm. you know tim us real musicians know you can have six notes together and it'll sound beautiful. And you can move one of them up or down mm-hmm. a semitone. And it can change everything. It can change it does, context. Yeah. It can change mood. It can change it, it changes everything. And and the movement and and which ones are, are dissonant and which ones are staying uh, while the the rest of them are, you know, the, the yes. tension. There's tension. There's resolve. There's life. There's climax. There's there's so much in it. But like that, I'm hooked. I'm stuck on the pre-chorus to, to Daft Punk because that is just them taking one chord and moving it I, up. It just parallel. That's yeah, and it's 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 functionally the same chord, but it has none of the life. Yes, and like, why not do if you're an acapella group? That's one of the that's Buddy, perhaps the coolest thing you have. It's your strongest weapon. Yes, and they have thrown it away. It's crazy to me because it's well, uh, it's, it's pop, man. It's because it, it's, it's just pop music, which is not meant to be derogatory. But they're ma- they they're trying to make something palatable. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're recording a million Christmas covers. They are doing great. They're winning Grammys or have you know, so it's yes. working. But I, at what right. cost? You you listen to that just pure unprocessed sugar cane that they are bringing out of the studio, <laughs> and then you compare it to something like Dolly Parton, 
to Bob Dylan, as you said, or to a band that I bring up every eight episodes on this show, Matt, Tiny Habits. Mm. Tiny Habits, it's a group of three singers, and one of them plays guitar, and that's pretty much it. And these three people, man, have instantly memorable voices. They all sound different, and their voices together, when they harmonize, and I saw my reflection snow-covered hills are gorgeous. It's the it's their cover of Landslide that you're hearing right now is a song. It like centers me. It reminds me why I love music, why I love harmony, why I love the human voice, and what all of it is capable of when you allow it to have um, character. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been afraid of changing. Tim, I want to say one last thing. That, Please. That is great, first of all, uh, and a fabulous example. And since we're learning along the way, my final thought here. Please. And this is because they did a cover of God Only Knows. <sighs> um, and I've got, I, that is bait for me, but I'm going to take it every time. Mm-hmm. You know who else had five members? The Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. You know what they really didn't use because it wasn't invented? Auto-tune. I want to say it's very important that we, that we reaffirm that Auto-tune is great, and yes. and modern studio technology is great, and pop music is great. It's all great. Yes. But it is, in hindsight, after having listened to it today, more offensive, their cover of, of God Only Knows, <laughs> because, like, man, not, I mean, that must have been, A, real work for them because of how quarterly interesting that song is, but yeah. I... You know, the Beach Boys are my tiny habits, and yep. you he- like the human voice was that was what they were about. God only knows what I'd be without you. Yes, it was absolutely. It's everything. It's so beautiful, and it's it's kind of all we have, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to get too New Year's on you, but it kind of is, and. <laughs> The fact, like, they do not care that they are performing with their human voices. No. They are just, they're just, they're just playing to the back row, like you said. I mean, that's, ugh. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you. Your buddies will continue in a moment.
This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Plush Care, which is a, a, a telehealth, mental uh, health, and, and medical provider. Uh, hey, Matt. Hey, Tim. You know, listen, would that we could get more mainstream sponsors uh, in the telehealth world, like, say, BetterHelp, something, you know, they're on every podcast, <laughs> seems like. Um but that's just not the way for your buddies, is it? That you know we I we've guess never not. we've never attracted the most popular, uh, <laughs> coolest quote unquote right. sponsors. We haven't gotten stamps dot com or no. my pillow yet. Audible, none of those guys want to come on. But we do get plush care, and I know they're not asking for advice, but I would change the name. I just don't think it works. It sounds. <laughs> is it? Is it like? A tailor for my beanie babies? I don't totally know. It does not. Right. It sounds like where you not, would send a, a much-loved stuffed animal to get some <laughs> some maintenance. Some care. Yeah. Some plush care. Exactly. <laughs> so it's it's a little perplexing. Maybe they could look at that in 2024. But, uh, but what they're doing instead today, Matt, is offering us advice. Unsolicited, of course. Well, yeah. For what what to do and what not to do as far as New Year's resolutions go um, as we start off 2024. Matt, first, I would love your, your sort of snap take on New Year's resolutions. Where do you, where do you sit? How do you feel? <laughs> Tim, uh, I think they are a recipe for disaster and disappointment. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't even well. <laughs> I don't even really acknowledge the new year that mm. much uh, because like I think Tim, once you're our age, the light yeah. has gone out of your eyes a little bit. <laughs> you know that's right. Yeah, and totally. I mean not that I don't think that you people shouldn't make them. I think at, when you're young, when you're full of uh, expectation and hope for the future. That's the time. But <laughs> promise. For, yeah. yeah. For me, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't trust myself to accomplish anything. I'm just going to okay. keep my head down. Well, Matt, what if I told you that you might be aiming a little too high? What if, what if, um, <laughs> uh, what if you're setting yourself up for failure with, you know, your particular New Year's resolution strategy. Well, it could I, be a you problem, I guess, is what I'm saying. Sure. Okay. That's I hear. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Which is well. It, let me clarify. It's what Plush Care is saying. Oh, okay. Today. Well, better to hear it from them than you. They've got some advice here on ways to um, ways to make the resolutions stick, uh, and it's it, it's in the form of a bit of a game here, Matt. So, oh. I, I'm going to pitch you several possible new year's resolutions get your take and then tell you if plush care thinks it's a good idea or a bad idea oh this to, is to fun. try out in 2024 gamifying the new year i that's love what this. we're doing let's do it cozy cardio you ever heard of this i feel like jay leno you guys heard of this <laughs> uh i i haven't but i bet i kind of know what it is it's a more mindful low-pressure relationship with exercise. According to fitness trainers, it's it's a way of uh, exercising from the comfort of your home, maybe wearing something that you feel really comfortable in. Maybe you dim the lights. You don't have to uh, make a whole thing of it uh, to, to get into a, a fitness regimen. 
What do you think, Matt? This is a good idea in 2024? Bad idea. Okay, I know what the experts think, probably, which is, this is a great idea. Here's my take. Yep. Absolutely <laughs> not. Are you kidding me? Look, I am, I am coming at this as someone who has an incredibly low, I would even say zero pressure relationship with exercise. Mm. I've mentioned it before, but I just don't yeah. do it. I don't care. I'm going to live yeah. forever no matter what. I don't need <laughs> to do that. So that being said, I you're asking for my take. Cozy cardio. So you just slowly roll out of bed and slowly crawl around on the ground with, uh, you know, yoga with Adrienne and her dog for a little bit. Well, I don't think it's necessarily about uh, your uh, no. You are you are you are giving yourself an out before you even begin. Listen, do what everyone does. Go to the gym with the hordes of people uh, today yeah. on the first of the month, mm -hmm. and then let it slowly kind of uh, peter out over the course of the next few weeks. By February, you'll have a low-pressure relationship with exercise again. You'll be done. You will have failed. That's what the human experience is. Don't, don't slowly just kind of do cozy pajama workouts to try and uh, feel like you've accomplished something. That's my take. I'm, I'm realizing that this exercise is not going to go very well. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, Matt. Say? So Matt says, uh, Matt says, skip it. The experts say, try it. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next. Cottage cheese. Just the, the, as a concept? Elevated in your, uh, in your diet. It's rich in protein. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of tasty. Yeah. Um, but but off oft forgotten. So oft forgotten. So yeah, we're, we're saying we're saying up your cottage cheese game in 2024. Matt, what do you say? I'm I'm for it. Um, I think that I I don't know much about the health uh, impact of cottage cheese. However, <laughs> I'm always pro um, people expanding their palates um, mm -hmm. and. Try go go nuts. Try try the curds. Try the whey. Try the everything. Do it. I think that's great. Expand your mind, and I guess maybe you get a bit healthier, which is fine. Matt's expanding his mind in this case. Interesting. Uh, yes, that's correct, Matt. Uh, well, it's not it's, correct. It's oh. the experts say I'm. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Right. The consensus is <laughs> try it sure. in 2024. Cottage okay. cheese, we're in. Using social media as a replacement for therapy. Ooh. Now, I am bullish on this. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I know. I know. Again, I, hey, I'm a maverick. I know what the experts are going to say. Obviously, you should not use social media as replacement for therapy. That's a gotcha question right there. I mean, you can just tell. Uh, but here's my thing. It's how it's phrased. Yeah. To, the measure of a man, really, is how he, he measures up against all of his friends and acquaintances and comparison is the uh beginning of joy so i think if you look if you can look at your social media feed and realize who's doing better than you yeah mm -hmm. you're gonna want to live up to that it'll be cheaper um and i think i think it's good to see examples of people who are living the life you want 
but can't have. <laughs> okay, <that's>... Matt. <laughs> Matt says try it. The experts say skip it. We'll move on. <laughs> this is a fun game. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought this up. Hot girl walk. Do you need me to define? Why don't you just so I can hear what they are calling that? All right, it's a it's a trend that was growing in 2023. Twelve three thirty. Those are the numbers to remember. Mm, okay. Twelve twelve percent incline. You're on a treadmill here. Okay. Three miles per hour. Thirty minutes. That's the hot girl walk. Good idea. Work it into the exercise regimen. <sighs> yes. I mean, you ought to, but mm-hmm. hot, it seems like plush care, I'm sorry to say this, is yes. a bit behind the times because hot girl <laughs> stuff was already happening last summer. Last yes. summer, you know? Megan mm-hmm. the Stallion was the uh, harbinger of hot girl stuff. Everything, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I would necessarily call it a hot girl walk. I wouldn't yeah. brand it as such. Um, but we already know Plush Care has a bit of a issue with naming things. So let's just call it. <laughs> let's just call it getting on the treadmill. A yeah. heart healthy walk. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I'm. Okay. I'm. I'm for. Matt, here you and Plush Care are in alignment. Very good. I thought maybe. Congratulations. Thank you. Got one more here for you. Self-diagnosis. Again, this is part of the the therapy thing and the money thing. Can you afford to be diagnosed by a professional? That's my question to everyone listening. Matt, suppose you can. Suppose it's an option. Oh, if it's an option, I, I mean, it's not... It's not great to self-diagnose because then mm. you start to self-medicate and then you start to mm. have delusions of grandeur and being una- unable to sleep. There's a lot that can go wrong, I think, if you self-diagnose. And I think a lot of the uh, Adderall shortage is because of people self-diagnosing. So mm. let's, let's leave that in 2023. <laughs> You heard it from Matt here. Uh, 2024 is the year of speaking to a professional. Yeah, if, if sometimes at all, <laughs> if you have the funds for some re- for some purposes, yes. Uh, Matt, you're yes. saying skip it. Plush Care is saying skip it. Hey, you know what? You did. You did. Uh, what was this? Two out of five, I think. Maybe three out of five. You're framing this all wrong. It's. I'm not. I'm not getting them wrong or right. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm just either wrong or right, and I'm right, and plush yeah. care is maybe not where I am. Well, you could um, schedule a consult, <laughs> try to get on the same page. Perhaps I ought to, honestly, hearing what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, because they do provide uh, primary care, urgent care, mental health, therapy, all that stuff, Matt. They'll talk to you about it from the comfort of your home. It's plush care, wishing all of us a very happy, healthy and hot girl new year welcome back to ear buddies 
Oh, Matt. Humanity. The human voice. The human spirit. It's all we're thinking about it's today. It's lovely to think, to consider in the new year. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing in some ways. We are, uh, in this brief segment, circling back, as we often do. To a previous topic of uh, Ear Buddies. And Matt, quite some time ago, you and I got on those mics, checked that they were hot. Yep, they were hot. What did we do? We talked about auto-tune. We talked about pitch correction. Uh, We talked about the person that many folks associate first with auto-tune. One T Pain. Damn. Damn. Got the body of a goddess. Got the eyes by the peak and brown. I see you, girl. I believe we called the episode Justice for T Pain because he had, um, he was kind of in the midst of a dark period over comments made by Usher, who told T Pain, believe to his face, that he ruined music for real singers by using um, auto-tune liberally uh, in his music. I had forgotten about that, Tim. I know we talked about it, but I had forgotten. Matt, we need not litigate it again on mic because we we uh, mounted a very strong defense for yes, Mr. Payne. And how? We noted that the way he uses auto-tune is so vastly different from um, the way, say, Pentatonix does. It's not just... He was not out here just cleaning up his pitch. He was using it artfully. He was using it creatively. Yes. He was using it like a guitarist uses a delay pedal. or Yes, exactly. Or distortion or anything like that. Right. Um, And so we said, give this guy a break. Uh, And we also noted, Matt, on that episode that turns out T-Pain is a very good singer in his own right. The guy sounds excellent. When he's out performing live, uh, he had just done a tiny desk concert, I think, and, and we played a little of that. Well, Matt, T-Pain, as we enter a new year, is finally having his day in the sun because he just released a new album called On Top of the Covers, Live from the Sun Rose. It's an album, man. It's a, it's a filmed concert. Uh, in a, sort of an intimate setting, it's T Pain. It's a live band. He's got backup singers. He's got all kinds of stuff up there on stage with him, and he is ripping through a diverse range of covers. He's doing jazz standards. He's doing '90s rock and roll. He's doing '80s hair metal hits. He's doing everything. And he sounds divine. All I have to do is take a beat and have peace of mind. I'm tired of looking around, I'm what I'm supposed to do, who I'm supposed to be. I don't want to be anything other than me. I don't. Is that Gavin DeGraw? <laughs> Now it that sure is. is a name. 
we don't have time, but oh no, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Not the point, not the point. That sounds not great. The point. Um, he, yes, as I said, an eclectic range of covers here. The guy is just ripping through tunes. And, uh, you know, stage, dripping with stage presence. And eating these songs for lunch. And so uh, I am, I'm just really happy to say that uh, it seems like the world is realizing the T-Pain is excellent. He's a star musician. He's a great vocalist. He did not ruin music for real singers. He himself is a real singer. He's an artist. He de- he deserves our respect. And I think he is I think he's finally really getting it from the masses who may have otherwise uh, ridiculed him People in the past. People did not understand no, they like they just didn't understand. I, man, I am so glad that the universe has once again conspired to help us make a better podcast by <laughs> by having this T Pain album and mm-hmm. I, I guess the New Year and Pentatonix stuff happen around the same time because that's right. We, it's all about. Humanity. It. <laughs> it's all about humanity, masculine will, family, personal responsibility, personal responsibility, and of course, the tunes. The tunes. And it is so lovely to hear T Pain singing mm-hmm. with his real human voice. Uh, what a balm for the new year. No you kidding. Know? And and no also kidding. also. What a just shot in the jaw to all the haters out there from the past many years who thought yes. that T-Pain was hiding behind autotune. No, no, no. Foolish. Jimi Hendrix was not hiding behind his distortion pedal. Come Enough on. of this. I hope people don't glean the wrong lesson from this. Like, ah, now that he finally isn't using autotune. Yeah. Yes. You know, no, yes. no, 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 no. His music with auto-tune is phenomenal also as good. well yes. for a different reason. But the guy can, the guy can rip. I mean, hey, if you're going to listen to covers. Uh, <laughs> Here's an alternative. Give me T-Pain over Pentatonix, frankly. So we've circled back. We've, we have um, laid more flowers at the feet of T-Pain. And we've started this new year, Matt, in a really wonderful way, don't you think? I certainly do. I, you know, Tim, it, it can be it can be scary, right? Talking about stuff that we don't really know about yet when we figure it out as we go. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like doing a trapeze act together, you and me, in our leotards <laughs> under the big top, and we might fall, we might not get there, but we always get there, and we got there today. 
We mm-hmm. are best friends. <laughs> and I will never drop you. Um, no, I just, yeah, I, I'm, I think that's a great place to start. Uh, I'm not making any resolutions, but I, I, like to, I like to feel some, I don't know if hope is the word, but I like to feel some peace at least as I, mm. as I enter a new thing. And even though a calendar year is arbitrary, I'm at peace now. I'll never drop you either, pal. Thank you, buddy. Talk to you later. Talk to you later, pal.